Hear ye, hear ye, and welcome to the Royal Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Olison, also known as T-Roll, and I'm joined once again by my good friends. We got Justin Sandoval, a.k.a. Sandy. We also have Anthony Amato. We like to call him Shimato. And of course, we got my man, Apple Zach's Zach Markham with us as well. Gentlemen, so good to see y'all. Uh, we are here to be, to review. Yeah. An exciting new project, the newest uh, streaming series on the block, Andor, on Disney Plus, a Star Wars story. I'm, I'm excited to uh, to talk about this with you guys. Yeah, Star Wars is uh, back after a short hiatus uh, from Obi Wan and yep. uh, Andor, and it's a, a prequel to the Rogue One series, a yep. Rogue One movie, and uh, we're here to talk about it. We're here to review it. Yep, we're here yep. to uh, dive into the world that Star Wars is building here. So um, it's exciting times. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, Big thanks to all of our listeners. You guys know the drill. We're so thankful for you. Um, please subscribe wherever you listen. Hit the like button if you're on YouTube. Leave a comment, uh, you know, calling us crazy, disagreeing with us, whatever. And uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you can have some engagement with us really helps us out tremendously. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, I think it's time, man. It is. We need to talk. We need it. Spoiler alert. Um Disney decided to drop the first three episodes of Andor on Wednesday. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Three. Yep. One, two, three episodes. Three episodes, yeah. which, um, yeah, it's cool in one sense. It's also like, uh, I don't like when they do that. I, I just, you know, because then I, I want that every week, and then I can't have that every week. I only get one episode. You yeah, know what I'm after, saying? After that point, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah exactly. So just... Yeah. Gotta keep and, my and that and the fact that they dropped three episodes of Andor, they dropped on Wednesday, they dropped the episode of She Hulk on Thursday, and yeah. then they dropped the uh, Rings of Power on Friday. Yeah, just like, a lot back happening. to back to back to back. Yeah. So yeah. uh it's really late because we just reviewed all that stuff and now it's time to yep, review yep. Andor. Yes. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into it. With with the, the listeners, the viewers, they've uh they've been warned for spoilers. These first three episodes of Andor, how have you guys uh enjoyed it? Uh, I mean, let's talk about the first 10 minutes of Andor. Holy yeah. crap, man. This was the most intense. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, it was brutal. It was, in- it was, I mean, I yeah. said intense already, but like, if was you really, intense? if you really think about it, man, it was insane. Like, uh, it got dark real in this, quick. Yeah, exactly. In the Star Wars universe, like we're talking about, uh, the, the force and, and, and your feelings and like. All of this, all of this, yeah, all self control, and like literally, we're seeing here uh, Andor execution style in the in the alleyways of this planet. Like, but it was self defense. Yeah. Sure, you tell yourself that. Yeah, whatever yeah. helps you hey, sleep. Half at night. of it was. Yeah. Half of yeah. it was. It, it was. It was quite the scene. And and when it ended, like when that scene ended, like I just I was watching with my wife, and I just looked over. I said, "What did we just watch right now? Is this is this is this truly a Star Wars? Like yeah. that was insane." And I think. The best part about um, the first three episodes as a whole is it didn't feel like Star Wars. Like we got the whole Jedi and Force and stuff and all the, and every every other, every other series, but this kind of is I feel like the the this the the song of what all of the everyone else is doing yeah. in, the, in the world, uh-huh. and I and I, I kind of appreciated that more than I feel like I should have. But uh, yeah, overall I, I enjoyed all three episodes. I think if it was just one episode released, I would be like, eh, "Okay, we're it's 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 moving." Well, but all three gave yeah. a, a really good arc, and yeah. um, I, I did watch all three in a row, and I really feel like it. The, the story that they told to set up the character where he's at right now is it was was great. So 
Yeah, um, I really, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, all three episodes. Uh, I'm a sucker for a rebellion story, and I really love seeing the fact that you know the way the rebellion was born, um, and everything, especially that with character development and all that. It wasn't always just like based around like morals. Like they got they got dirty. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them like had to do things they didn't want to do. Um, and I feel like right now Star Wars is really doing a phenomenal job portraying that uh, and showing like the dark side of things that the the extent that the rebellion would go um, because they're fighting such darkness and such su- such an evil um, power that's in the galaxy right now. And then seeing that being portrayed for somebody like Cassian um, and who we know that he's gonna you know develop to be and everything, I feel like it's very vital that they hit that. With the ground running within, like you said, like the first ten minutes of the episode, right? And yeah, they yeah. really established that. So, I think we're going to get a lot more scenes like that as the story progresses, um, and seeing like the hard choices that they have to make um, to do for, the right thing. To do yeah. the right thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I do really think it was really cool. Like, I felt like they did a great job of the way that third episode ended. It felt like the right way to end off. You know, like it was right at the moment where you would want to leave you to where you were like hooked in and you really were wanting more content perfectly to make you wait for that content, you know? So that was really cool. And, um, you know, like you're saying that first, that first scene with the, um, with the soldiers. And it was just like the, the, the moment with the, 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 the one guard, or um, security guy or whatever he was, um, like the flip, the moment that he realizes like how much his life is in peril, like at the moment when he realizes that, you know, the only way that three men can have a secret is if two of them are dead, you know, like, so like the idea of him coming to that moment and him trying to like rationalize with, with him a little bit and just like plead with his life that like this, like it it was really cool seeing that flip because they're up until basically that moment they felt like they had the power they had the swagger you know as in that conversation and then all of a sudden like it dawned on him that this wasn't a game anymore like this wasn't just a night out for drinks this was his life was in peril you know and yeah. you know no looking at ander and knowing that like like seeing the look in his eyes and understanding what it actually meant was it was a pretty chilling moment truthfully yeah, it truly was. It really was. Yeah. I um <clears throat> trying to think. It, it started off very like okay, did you guys think that <clears throat> excuse me. Man. Getting choked up over Andor, man. <clears throat> <clears throat> do you guys think he was actually going to murder that guy? No, not at all. Yeah, I didn't I did. see that. You did? <laughs> yeah, I th- I kind of yeah. did think I I kind of thought he would because of the way that Okay, so if you think about his character and do you remember in Rogue One when he's yeah, with yeah, that yeah. other resistance, what is somebody who was technically an ally at that point, you know, and they get trapped and he's like that moment where the guy, he has the choice of letting the man live or letting the guy get caught and potentially, it was really a very similar situation. Yeah. And yeah. letting somebody live to be potentially be able to talk, you know, in, in Rogue One. And then this is kind of like a mirrored situation just a little bit earlier in his life of, you know, him having to make that choice. So it actually made it perfectly fit into what we know of yeah. him as a character, truthfully. Yeah. Yeah, in this scene, like, once once he realized that, you know, the other guy was dead, it I don't think it mattered 
what that other guard said. He already had his mind made up, yeah. and like it was him convincing himself, like he knew what he had to do, yeah. Um, because there's so much at stake here, and this, and you find that out like later in the other two episodes, like like he he cannot get caught, like right now, like he's yeah. on like his own like side mission trying to you know find the location of his sister, right? Yeah. Um, while at the same time like living this double life almost on this other planet, yeah. And he's already built like a family from the people who who've adopted him in a sense and he's got to protect them so um i I think he already had his mind made up in the situation and it was just a point where like he knew what he had to do and and he did it yeah like right then and there so Hmm. yeah and also to the to the comments about uh what you said shimato about the ending of the episode of episode three I, i felt like the first few minutes like you said were gripping for me and then if i'm honest like a lot of episode one and two, I, w- I wouldn't say I was bored, but I kind of felt, it just felt redundant. It's like, it just felt like a Star Wars story where right. you got this person who needs to escape this planet, but that person's broke, so they've got to find a way to get money to then sneak off the planet while they're wanted by the Empire. Like, like all these things. Yeah. It just felt like very, like, normal, and I was very uninterested all the way up until probably, like, halfway through episode three. Hmm. And then I remember watching the back half of, of episode three, and I like literally sat for I, I I like sat forward, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In yeah. My, where I was sitting, and I was like, "Holy smokes!" Yeah. <laughs> like I was in. So it's it's moments like that where it's like, okay. In fairness, I know I was critical of them releasing three episodes. It was more of because it's a lot to take in. But in fairness, like if they would have only done one or two, me personally, I would have been like, not that into it right mm. now. But episode three was so. Good. It was. It was yeah. And uh, I'm a sucker for a rebellion story as well, mm-hmm. Markham. And just, you know, you know, even the fact of seeing how he was getting recruited, you know, by what yeah. was it, Luther? Or what's... Uh, Luthen, yeah. I think? Luthen. Yeah. Luthen. Okay. Yeah. I misread it. Luthen, excuse me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, just, it was sick. So... Yeah. And uh, you said you got a little bit bored in the, in the, in the middle portion, right? Um, yeah. Disinterested. I wasn't okay, bored. Okay. Disinterested. Um, Maybe those are the same. Thing. I will say that I, I enjoyed that aspect of it because um, I mean, Star Wars. I mean, the prequels were, went heavy on like the political aspect of the Empire and yeah. the rebellion, right? Like they went they went heavy in that in that side of things, right? Uh, I do feel like this had had a little bit similar similar to that, right? Like you're they're establishing a system, right? They're establishing this the, the system yeah. that needs to be broken. And I feel like with the fact that um the fact that they were able to explain all of that and and like I mean the the head cop sergeant guy is saying like, oh no, it did not happen like that. And no, they weren't killed. They were it was an accident. Uh, yes. uh, yeah, like that kind of thing. Like hero they're heroes, right? Like he was trying to fabricate that story, yeah. Um, and I feel like that has that was kind of a, like to set the tone um, for the kind of world that they are are living in currently, um, and which is what's going to spark the rebellion and what's going to ignite yeah. what's what uh, Cassian's going to end up doing, and uh, kind of play into the, his role and the rebellion's role moving forward. Mm, yeah, I, I do really like the the fact that um, just like Rogue One did, this is a lot about building the story from like it's like a street view 
of what's actually happening. Even from the Empire side, you know, it was very much like this mid-level person. You know, he isn't super, like, powerful. I mean, he's relatively powerful in his own role, but they, they aren't super... He isn't, like, super influential. Um, Ander, of course, is, you know, relatively low-level in general, um, whereas... A lot of the Star Wars um, trilogies are set around the people that are at the very top. Like, even though they're, you know, they may not always start at the very top, they are the very top. Like, they are the Jedi, they, they are either the Jedi, they're learning how to use the Force, you know, that kind of stuff. Even on the, um, on the evil side, you're talking about people at the level of, like, the Emperor or people who are literally running, like, Star Destroyers and stuff like that, you know? So it's, it's, it's cool to see, like, the, the street-level action going on to where these people who are um, just trying to survive, you know, in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's always really cool when you get to see it from this point of view instead of from the, like, you know, 3,000-foot view, you know? Right, yeah. Man, I feel like Andor. Totally I feel like Andor, um, and just establishing his character and like what he's what he's going through and where he lives and and just like that whole. I mean, you get you get Tatooine vibes like from their city, the little town that they're yeah. in. Um, but I feel like just his level of like, hey, he's trying to make a backdoor deal um, with somebody because he has something very valuable. He has a box, right? He has yeah. the uh, the uh, the sealed uh, empire like like communication box yes. pretty much right like yep. um and just the fact that he's he's doing backdoor dealings and he's he's trying to get enough money so he can get out of his situation to find yeah. his sister um the whole like establishing that is it, I, mean, I found it very intriguing and yeah. uh it, it for me it really drew me into the story um i i Trust me, from episode one, from the very first minute till episode three, the, what we, the last thing we see, like I'm in it the whole way through. Um, you said you were disinterested for little parts. My wife was like, "This show's not for me. I don't know why I'm watching this with you." Like, <laughs> it, yeah, she was not. She was not in at all. Like, she was. She was on her phone working on other stuff the whole entire time. That's okay. Yeah, but yeah, it was. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, same. Um, I also like the fact that you know, right now, like with him is in this character, like he's so reserved and so like quick to protect like the people that he's close to. But at the same time, like you get this vibe that he has like these barriers put up where he doesn't want to get close to with anybody. Yeah. So like yeah. he's keeping himself at a distance, but still like is willing to protect the people that that's in like his circle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and you could even tell that with the people that adopted him, like he's, he's kept him like at an arm's reach, so to speak. Um, until like he gets what he wants, but he still cares for him at the same yeah. time. It's a very, it's a very weird dynamic um, that he's got. But I'm interested to see like how this goes to the way he was like in Rogue One with his crew and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it was just cool like seeing that he had this um, like the forethought for this breaking case of emergency item because like he had this item that you know he was kind of holding off on moving until he really really needed it like he understood how valuable the item that he had was and he could have moved it at any point but i think he kind of knew that once he moved this item like things were you know in motion yes right? things were in yeah. motion so he understood that this was something that needed to be held back until like the last moment, you know, like until he really, really needed to do something. And then, you know, from the events at the very beginning of the first episode, we got to see that this was that moment where 
things were, you know, moving faster than he was wanting them to, and he had to do what he needed to do to, you know, get everything into motion. Hmm. Yeah. Why does it always feel like the Star Wars universe, it's like, it, it, it never feels like there's, every planet is just run with such, um, every city you see is like so depraved mm. yeah <laughs> you know it's so dark there's just like, nobody's happy everyone yeah. has jobs they hate everyone's miserable it's like it, it always feels like the wild wild west no matter what country they're or yeah. uh, country planet what planet yeah. they're on uh, you know what i'm saying well yeah. i mean just well, I, think I about think it. the, it's the empire right correct yeah, yeah that's exactly what i was about to say like oppression yeah i think this is just the what the the vibe that the empire like coming into power and everything set up for the entire galaxy yeah um, the only people that would be happy right now uh, and thriving are the people that are on the Empire side or like Imperial yeah. Yeah. Um, the officials. Yeah. yeah, the elites yeah. that are benefiting from, um, you know, everything all that's the going rule on. And order. Yeah, all, correct. So, because I mean, right now, like you have the Empire that's, you know, depriving a lot of planets for their resources, uh, for their people, you know, all these things. But the only one that's to benefit from this are, are the elites. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. it kind of, it kind of pushes you know the people that are in these situations the, the everyday like citizens into this survival wild wild west type type lifestyle yeah. or the people that that are distant from the empire and the empire has like no control over yeah well it's kind of like points. set up like um, when you think about something similar to like prohibition like the 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 government has clamped down so hard that regular citizens are being squeezed and the only people that can thrive are either people that are directly working with the uh, the overarching force of the empire or that are trying to work out that are used to and comfortable with working outside of that so for example like criminals so like during prohibition a large part of the reason why the the mob became such a big thing during uh during the 20s was because they were the ones that were had the capability to you know import the alcohol into the united states so it's very similar to that way that the people that are willing to break the laws, that are willing to, uh, you know, go around that, that have the skills to be able to do that, um, are the ones that will thrive outside. So I think that's why a lot of times in the places that are free, it, that those are the places that are where the criminal element, you know, is thriving mm -hmm. and is kind of in control. And we do kind of get introduced to a character who is known for moving things, and uh, we get Bix, which, um, I mean, shout out Bix, man. I'll, I'll shout out Bix, man. That's all I got to say. <laughs> shout um, out Bix. Yeah. Um, she, she does move things, in which she, she's at the point of contact for yes. Andor, and uh, she is in that world, right? She's the one who is, she's going behind her, her partner's back, and she's... She's kind of like establishing these connections with Luthen and um, just Andor, but uh, just that's that's the world that's been established. So yeah. uh, I mean, and Andor is using his resources to to make contact yeah. to get that money, get paid, so he can move on with his uh, journey and finding his sister. Yeah. So, question about Bix. So she's obviously awesome. She uh, yeah. The way she kind of is like the connecting point as you said, for Andor. Now, Luthen was clearly, he, 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 you know, he was there for what, for what um, Cassian was selling, but really, he wanted to recruit him. So, yeah. so my question is, do you guys think that Bix herself is also kind of like a recruiter? Or do you think it just, just so happens that like 
Luthen was interested in Andor um, because, like, uh, do you guys get what I'm asking? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, I don't, th- I don't think how deep is she in it? I don't she, think she's that I, yeah, deep. Yeah, I, I don't think, think she. Is she I think she's more of like, like she's literally like the go between. Like yeah, she's yeah. the one who's going to put the rebellion in touch with the people who are willing to get the job done. Like yeah. who are willing to. She, she's deep in it now, though. I'll tell you what. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, but, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how her where her car- character arc is going to go from here because I mean, it's left on a little bit of a salty note with yes. uh, Tim dying. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, yeah. But that could be the extra driving force and pushing her towards the rebellion. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. All I know Boss is, that, is a great uh, motivator, right? All I know is that this better not be the last of Bix. Yeah, like I feel like her character ha- has to like you know be more of a part of what is going on. I think maybe this is kind of like pushes her out of her comfort zone. Cause she seemed to be comfortable in being just kind of outside of the system, but not necessarily, you know, um, fighting against, she's not truthfully fighting against the empire in any sort of way. She's not, she's just trying to, she's just trying to survive. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's just there. She's not really trying to, you know, choose a side in this, in this issue. And I think what it is is basically she's giving out this information and like, you know, doing this stuff. And Luthen is kind of just like kind of gleamed information off of what she is, what he has learned from what she is telling of what yeah. Ander is. I think it's kind of what's happening. <clears throat> Makes sense. Markham, what do you think of Bix? Um, I think she's a very interesting character that um, has really come to light. I think I don't necessarily think that she's part of like the the bigger picture as far as like the rebellion and everything i just think that she knows the right people at the right time yeah so um obviously like the person that you know she's working under and everything he's got a bit bigger picture and he might even be looking for somebody that she doesn't even necessarily know what she has so whenever she's pitching this you know this item for sale this you know imperial um communication box to him um in her mind, she thinks that she's just trying to sell a product. But with oh. him, he knows that he's trying to get something uh, bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think she's going to come into light um, and help out, like when it comes, uh, you know, when the time comes down to it and everything and realize the bigger picture and join up, like, you know, for the calls and everything. But um, I don't know, who knows? And she could also be very um, uh, vengeance filled, uh, you know, with the passing of. Uh, her boyfriend, whoever it was. Yeah. Um, Tim. Yeah, Tim. Definitely. Um, he was definitely with something. Two M's. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, but it's not what you think. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I think with her, she, she could very well be one of those. She could end up just being one of those people like, just like in the Mandalorian where there's an episode where there's a team up and like they need somebody who has her specific set of skills and she ends up coming in and you know helping out with, with something along the lines later on down the road or she could be someone who this is her kind of like her push you know this is what takes her from being somebody who's very in the middle to being someone who is you know has to choose a side you know very specifically yeah yeah it it, it could very well be that yeah i agree um, I did think it was interesting to see the um, so Andor he executes those guys in, in the alleyway, yeah. right? But then like the next day, no, 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 he executes one of them. One of them. One of them was legit self defense. Okay, yes. So he didn't either, either, both either of them. way. Yeah. He does execute. Okay, um, but, but then he goes to his friend and he's like tells him the backstory. He's yes. like, hey, I was with you. We did this. Yes. We drank this, and then like he establishes it. So like. 
Andor is used to doing shady stuff. He creates right? an alibi. Yeah, he he creates himself an alibi, and uh, I do I do find the way that he was able to like kind of establish that right. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting seeing like the re- rebellion, right? We know that to be yeah. something that is it is good, right? Like we we the Luke Skywalker, he joins the rebellion, like all that thing, right? Like it, we bring down the empire, right? It is gonna be interesting to see where the character of Andor goes, who's who is somebody who is willing to get his hands dirty. Yeah. Right. And and how that fits into the mold that we know as the rebellion. Yeah. I mean I think I think he's gonna fit in in the same way that I, I think what he is is he's the side of the rebellion that people don't want to talk about. Like yeah, exactly. he, he, he's that he's the person that gets things done. He's like um, you know, it, it's sort of like how you don't want to talk about what the CIA necessarily does or, you know, that type of stuff with taking care of issues that are kind of outside of like the generally considered, you know, good lines of, you know, control. Um, you know, your government does not want to be necessarily associated with that, but there are sometimes things that need to be done, especially when you're in a situation like the, like the rebellion is in where, you know, you're, you have to have people who are willing to do these things because you're up against such a large force that it has you by the numbers so much more that you have to be willing to be sometimes more underhanded than, than the empire is. And I think in some ways it's interesting because we're given a very glossy version of the rebellion most of the time, you know, um, but in Rogue One, you do kind of see a little bit more of a, like, a seedy side of it, and um, you see a little bit more of that in, like, uh, some of the animated shows as well. Like, you see that um, more, you know, especially in the early days of the rebellion where it wasn't as organized. It was much more like uh, like a group of people who, you know, it was more like a criminal element working against the empire rather than a group of people that were really working towards, you know, a positive goal, you know? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, I do think that the, the, the tone that Andor is setting is refreshing in the Star Wars universe because normally you feel like the, you know, the, the, the Jedi, the, the balance of the, the dark side and the force, like, the good guys are it, always going to do good. Exactly. And the bad exactly, guys are always yeah. going to do bad. Yeah, but here we go. We're establishing a tone these first three episodes on uh, what what to expect, right? Like, I mean, obviously, there's a lot going on with Luthen and everything that, that he's yep. going to be involved in. So we're, we're going to get more. First off, still in Skarsgård, right? We're, yes. Uh, MCU alumni, uh, mm-hmm. fantastic actor. Uh, we're getting him in the Star Wars universe. And... Uh, He's going to, I mean, he's the recruiter of, of Andor. Yeah. That's what it is. So he's going to be the connection between him and Saw Gerrera. Um, I mean, yeah. that's going to that's gonna happen. Um, but uh, just seeing seeing Skarsgård in, in full, like, it was him breaking down <laughs> while he is interacting with Andor. He's like, uh, rule number one, like, rule yeah. number two, uh, create your exit before you enter. Right? Yes. Like, that's, it was... He's in the he's in the world like he's, he's he, deep in the world. Well, and he's tre- he's teaching him like, um, you know, bigger things. He's do- he's doing the big picture, whereas Andor is literally just trying to survive the moment. Yeah. Whereas, you know, a Luthen's character is not just trying to survive this moment, but the next moment, and the next moment, and the next moment. You know, because in his mind, if you can't like you're trying, if you're just trying to live for the next moment, then you never know where that path is going to eventually lead you. You know, so 
it is really cool seeing him like help teach him that bigger knowledge. And in a lot of ways, he's kind of laying the groundwork for the eventual sacrifice that Ander will make because you know, originally his character is very much set up on his own survival, which is something that you wouldn't, doesn't really gel with how he ends up eventually, of course, meeting his demise in Rogue One, being doing something for the greater good, you know? And I think in a lot of ways, Luthen is building that base for his character to kind of change his mindset of building from the, instead of thinking for the one, thinking for the many. Mm, very good. Yeah. Oh, man, Markham, I mean, how many, like, Easter eggs did you pick up on here? Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of Easter eggs. Um, I saw a few, like, when, uh, when they're in that um, shipyard. Like, I just noticed, like, some familiar, like, speeders and, like, mm-hmm. uh, yep. ships and stuff in there. Um, you had, like, one of the snow speeders in there from Hoth um, that they used, and there was just, like, some freighters and stuff like that. Um, I do like they're adding like a lot of like new new things to this episode. Like they have a new like uh, ground uh, ground mech uh, droid that they brought in um, that's different from you know the typical astromechs and everything yeah. you see from like R two D two and stuff like that. Um, I do like the fact that they're bringing in people other than the Empire uh, first within these first three episodes. Like really, you don't see the Empire at all. Um, you see, like these, like security guards. Yeah, uh, it's like definitely like force. a company. Yeah, correct. So yeah, and and then even like with the ship that um, crashed out on his home planet, um, you have no idea who they're affiliated with. Um, but True. They, they sound they sound important because they had to get him out of there because like they knew that if he would to stay were to stay that they would have killed him. Yeah. Um. This this uh security company though like it's. They're not. They're, they're. Are they owned by the Empire, or are they just associated? They're definitely associated with well, the Empire. The, the way I saw it was, they are like the security detail for a larger company. So they're like a company that does something on planets. It sounds like potentially maybe in relation to mining of some sort. Um, and they're like they're such a large company that they literally have their own, um, like their own sec- security force that is almost like. A small military on their own, of their own right okay. to protect yeah. the rights and protect their holdings on these different planets is the way and I kind of saw an it. An old, old boy who uh, at first really totally disregarded the the killing of two of his employees. He he was on his way to like an imperial review board or yes. something like that. So it sounds like this company probably has some deep pockets in the empire. Oh yeah. 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 For sure. So there's definitely a very, very, very close tie. Yeah. They're, they're either backed by the empire or, or they, they back the empire. Yeah. In some way. Yeah. Like it, yeah. It's, it's a relationship similar to that to where, you know, either the, the empire, like they, they may, I wouldn't be surprised if they have like a contract with the empire and basically the empire kind of like helps them out by, you know, stuff like that. You know, it's kind of basically, they're like basically like a, almost like, Make contract work in some ways. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they do stuff for the empire, and the empire also does stuff for them. Is kind of what I kind of saw it like a hand in hand situation. Mm. Some of them take their job pretty seriously. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. yes, and others don't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I really, I mean, although he was super kind of naive, the the, the one safety officer, but he was in mm-hmm. you know overzealous in a lot of yeah. the ways that he was working. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I understand what he where he's coming from in the sense of like. I mean, if two of the people that you work with, 
you know, like for your company, especially in this time period where there is a lot of like outlaw like type yeah. of actions, if it's kind of around the idea of if you will allow to show some weakness, it's kind of like the idea of if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Yeah, it's a like two, situation. Pe- yeah. two of their people killed on their on their premises. Yeah, not only on their premises, they were technically on the job. It was they weren't even off the clock. They were technically on the job working when they were there. You know, yeah. So because they do, they <laughs> literally state that like they're on like the they're, job. yeah. I mean they're 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 literally on the job. In uniform, yeah, you know, doing technically doing what they're supposed to be doing. Like, if somebody can be knocked off in that situation, that's one of the most blatant ways that you can yeah. do something. You yeah, know? yeah, for sure. Yeah, I do. I did appreciate like the uh, the chief or whoever it was like realized you know the type of people that was working for that company. So like uh, he realized like them by name like they like these guys like these guards that you know attacked uh, Cassie and everything like they they weren't good guys. One, they're in a place they shouldn't have been. Shouldn't yeah. have been at. Um, like you said, they're on the doing clock. doing something they shouldn't have been doing. Doing something they shouldn't have been doing while they were on the clock. Correct. And then, like, and then at that point, they're using you know their uniform or you know their title or their badge or whatever um, as a power play, and so they use this power play to harass somebody um, who they did not get along with in yeah. that you know in said location, and they ultimately. You know, got the short end of the stick. Uh, with yep. They messed with the wrong person. Uh, you know, as he said. So, um, I, I I definitely feel like the chief knew like the type of people that he was working for. He knew how to cover it up. But then, like you had this overzealous younger guy, probably, you know, probably some, looking for a promotion. Looking for a know? promotion, probably some desk jockey, um, who had something to prove. Probably a dreamer of some sort, like very idealistic. Yeah idealistic in his sense of how he believes that the company should work. He probably thinks of the company as like that. This is a part of like what we are supposed to do. And like, you know, we have to protect our people and our company is supposed to be like in, it kind of in a side, kind of off to the side, it kind of highlights the idea of our company is supposed to be the good guys. Right. So why are we allowing, you know, our good people or our supposedly good people to die from someone who obviously has to be bad if our people are good. How about his awkward speech on the on the shuttle as they uh, approach the planet? Like that was just uh, <laughs> that was he, awesome. Yeah, it was. It really, it truly was. But like he was kind of establishing establishing himself in episodes one and two as like a stronger character. But then like when he's in the thick of it and in he goes, field. yeah, and he goes to the field. He is a shell of himself, yeah. and uh, the speech alone was, like, so awkward and, yeah. and very cringeworthy. But, um, well, I think it's kind of leaning towards, like, the showing that he's, like, he's a greenhorn in a lot of ways. And he's yeah. kind of a, like you like Markham was saying, he's kind of a desk jockey. Like, he's not, yep. he's the person who's supposed to be behind the desk. He isn't supposed to be out in the world, you know? there are, You can be great at what you do, but if you're put outside of your, like, realm of... Um, you know, abilities, I was, you know, it's not going to work. And speaking of like the way that comes in, it reminded me of a lot of scenes from like the Clone Wars TV series as they were coming in, like on the the lander. I don't know. It just reminded me like of like the, the way that they would come in. Like, I don't know. It was, it just had a feel like as they were coming into an area. Yeah. I, I, I know corporate personnel when I see it and this guy, (laughs) this guy's a corporate guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, never in the fields. Desk jockey, yeah. something to prove. Now he's out in the field, and dude probably like 
piss his pants a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. You sound like the Joker in uh, Dark Knight. <laughs> you know the ones that squeal? I, I know a squealer yeah. when I see one. In that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great, man. Yeah. His, uh, but, but old boy's, um, uh, like, lieutenant or whoever, the, the, yeah. the, the little the shorter, stocky guy. He yes. takes a lot of pride in his work. Yeah. Yes. He was yeah. a cool. He was a cool character. He I'm really, not gonna lie. He really was. Yeah. 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 I'm glad he didn't get uh, blown up. In yeah. The, the, yeah. <laughs> but honestly, man, that again, that was the part where it started getting good. Like from the moment that Luthen starts recruiting Andor, and and I had a feeling that there was something that was going to be there, but I wasn't sure if Andor was more going to like finagle his way to escape the the planet with Luthen. I thought there was going to be connection between the two. I didn't necessarily think that he was going to be recruiting Andor. Yeah, but that was cool. Yeah, it was. I thought it was it cool was, to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, sure. and that's when it all turned. Like that's for me when like yeah. when they start like fighting back, and you could tell like these uh, <laughs> these these blues. Didn't they call them blues at one point? They did. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. They did. yeah, yeah, yeah. These blues are like totally caught off guard that they're that Andor and someone else are like fighting back yeah. so successfully. Yeah. How about the visuals of like those uh, the hanging whatever the heck they were and as they're falling down as they're um, they're in the middle of the fight in the warehouse and uh, just every time something is shot or blown up like another one falls another one and he's just trying to go back and get the box and I thought I thought the visuals in that looked really yeah. well yeah done, shot I, so. I think it really put things into perspective as far as like the the difference in priorities from uh, Luther and uh, Cassian at that scene so like. You know, Cassian, like, he realizes, like, the value of this box and, like, what it means and, like, what it could mean for him, like, you know, setting aside, you know, extra um, funds, you know, for him to be able to find a sister. Um, so that's all he's focused about. But then you have, you know, somebody like uh, Luthen who um, sees the bigger picture and knows, like, what else is on the table. It's kind of like, you know, he's – Cassian's fighting for, like, this quick buck, trying to get this quick buck, so to speak, and then Luthen's able to offer him a career. Yeah. Um, very so well said. very well said. Yeah, so. yeah and the, and you see that ship at the end. You see how uh, when he ran up when they got to Luthen's ship, and uh, Cassian like slowed down to like look at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Admired, that, that ship was it, yeah. nice. Man. It, was it was very nice. Yeah, he's yeah. not worried about one little box. No, not at all. No, not at all. It was it was a very nice ship. Good yeah. shout. Good shout. Yeah, man. All right, what else? We're we're gonna wrap up here soon. But what else uh, do you guys want to talk about from these first three episodes? I mean, I think it was interesting to talk about the the brutality of the way that they were talking about what happened on his home planet. And like, mm, you know, yeah. like the way it, you got to see what really happened in a way. And then you also got to see people talk about the way that it was almost covered up. So very similar to what the, you know, the one, um, the, the guy was talking about, Oh yeah, these guys are heroes and stuff like that. It was almost kind of showing how on that planet, Oh yeah, it was like a, you know, something happened on that planet, but they didn't say it was a retaliation because the natives, you know, killed some of their men. It was, you know, just something happened with the mining facility is what they talked about. They didn't bring up the fact that they were like just, you know, it was largely a retaliation move to um, uh, because of what happened. Also, it was kind of interesting to see. I'm really wondering where the adults are. Like, where were... Yeah. Like, they were all young. Like... I I think it actually... I think it made a statement that um, they had to shut down the mines because of... uh, 
uh, just unsafe accidents yeah. and stuff. So I feel like all the parents were minors and they yeah. got, yeah, yeah, they uh, got killed somehow. And yeah. then they, I mean, the that's canari, the, yeah, the canary were left behind and the kids, the, yeah, the, the, the kids. only the one. Yeah. I, I do think that's probably yeah. what it was, but it was an interesting thing to see all like, because no one was probably older than like 16, like in that entire like tribe or whatever it was. Yeah. That my, was going on. My other speculation with that too is like maybe there was something like within their genetics or about being like maybe under the age of twenty, um, where you're able to like survive with whatever's going on over there. But like once you start, you know, hitting you know adult age and everything is whenever you start um, getting sick or whatever. Because the people that the the shuttle that crash landed, um, you know, all those people were were adults like yep. on that ship. Maybe. Um, yeah, and it seemed like they were, you know, something was in the air that was toxic. Yeah, they even um, had those gas masks or correct. whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, it's interesting to think about if that is the case. Uh, some biological they, weapon that way. Yeah. Or, or just in like the mining, what they released from the from the, oh, the, yes. the planet yeah. itself. Yeah. It's maybe some sort yeah. of gas or something. Yeah. I don't could, know. could be. Could be. Um, I will say, uh, what do you guys think about the uh, newest droid edition, B2 EMO? B2 EMO. <laughs> yeah. I it mean, is... definitely interesting. I think they did a good job of making it a relatively compelling character in the sense of like the kind of like it was sort of the traditional like comic relief. It, it fit into the vein of a regular droid in Star Wars, but it had its own uniqueness and it's like, you know, the it's uh, faults. You know, in the right, way that yeah. it stuttered, it stuttered. Yeah. and, you know, it had um, almost, like, human-like abilities to lie, but not all, but also not lie. You know, like, it was almost compelled to tell the truth at certain points. Yeah, um, it, it reminded me of, like, a like an older version of Chopper. Yeah. Uh, yeah, from the Rebel It did series. kind of have a similar shape to Chopper, yeah. like, and, and stuff like that. So, that, yeah. that that's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed B two EMO. I mean, B2. yeah, like I mean, they, they just do a, they do a really good job of making droids like compelling characters. You know, yeah, it's oh, it's crazy. Sure. It's crazy how that happens, right? Like, yeah. I mean, R two D two obviously goat status, right? Yeah. But I mean, K two S O K two S O. Yeah, I was yes. thinking the same thing. I mean, yep. Cho- Chopper is a phenomenal character mm-hmm. that we. That's right. You know, even yeah. BB eight was a solid character. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, there's there's true. a lot of good. Very true. Yep. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yep. K2SO was actually he was that was from Rogue One, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we'll so probably get him. We should see him probably not this season, probably season 2. Okay. The, cl- cool. the closer we get to uh That'd be cool. him and uh Andor joining yeah. like the Rogue One phase. Yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting to see if we actually get to see him like switch. Like is he going to yeah, start out sure. as like a as a imper- still an imperial droid and then be switched over? Are we going to see that? You know, is he going to yeah, start out so. as, That'd be awesome. yeah. you know, yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see if he still has, I, I know, I think they stated that it was because he was switched over that he got some of that snark. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see if he is, if he has a little bit of that still kind of like underlying snark to himself would be before he gets switched over, you know? Yeah. Listen, yeah. listen, we're, we're in for, we're in for quite the ride because there's, there's 12 episodes in this first season of Andor and, uh, <laughs> so nine more weeks, right? Yeah. And then there's, yep. there's. I believe they've already filmed the second season with 12 more episodes. So there's like yeah. 24 wow. total episodes of Andor um, yeah, man. Of, available. And uh, Buckle up. Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm excited for uh, what's to come. The first three episodes were, I, I thought they were really good. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to what's, what's next. Amen. I yeah. like it, man. Yo, yep. Okay, well, it's probably time we wrap it up. Um, big shout out to all of our listeners. We appreciate you guys so much. 
Please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. Uh, leave reviews, comments. These things help us out a lot. And share this podcast with some of your friends. You got any friends, you know, some buddies, some, some, some pals that are Star Wars fans? Send this to them. Uh, that really helps us a lot. And please come back next week because we will be reviewing episode four of Andor as well as a lot of other things. We got a lot in the pipeline, a lot cooking in the oven. So please come on back. Uh, with all that in mind, for my good friends, Sandy, Shimato, and Applezax, this is T-Roll saying thank you so much for listening to the Royal Geek Podcast. We will see you next time, you peasants. Peasants.